Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of The Comics Comic, found wherever you can type The Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. IFC's Benders follows a group of adult men who act like little boys when it comes to their recreational hockey league in New York City. It's created by Tom Saletti and Jim Serpico, and executive produced by them with Dennis Leary. They're all avid hockey fans and players themselves. But what about the cast of Benders? Stars Andrew Schultz and Mark Gessner sat down with me before their first season finale airs to talk about their athletic acumen, their different paths to comedy and television, and the challenges they face and would gladly take up whether or not TMZ was watching. So let's get to it. And let's get to it. All right. Andrew Schultz, Mark Gessner, thanks for being with me. Hello. Thanks down. for having us. Uh, the uh, stars of IFC's Benders. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you're also like multi-athletic people. At least Andrew thinks he is. Yeah. Hey, I've I seen know it. I am. I've seen it on YouTube. I've proved it. You know what I mean? I know. It was think, like... yeah, think is not the uh, correct word, Chris. No. When you defeat <laughs> you know, a former number two draft pick in one-on-one and you have the entire internet watching, and, yeah. you know, it's really, there's really only one way that you can do it. You, know, you can't fail. Failure is not an option. So, Mark, yeah. knowing what you're up against... Here at the table. Yeah. What would you? What would be the first thing you would challenge Andrew to? In Careful. athletically. Careful with your words, Mark. <laughs> athletically, you mean, or just in general? Ooh. Well, I was thinking athletically, but if you want to. Well, like, am I, open the answer is up. It, is is the purpose of it? Here's the question. Just Mark's to got a it. huge cock. That's what you're trying to figure out. Is that what you're trying to get at, Chris? <laughs> because Mark's got a huge cock. Well, then I win. We worried about. We, he's got a bigger dick than me. Chris isn't here, Chris isn't here, but Chris speaks openly about how regular his penis is. He, he's got a whole bit about this it. This guy is probably the most self-deprecating person I've ever met, except when it comes to cock size. And he's a huge bragger, and that's all he talks about. It's the only thing he has self-esteem in. This is true. Really? Well, it's not the only thing. It's the only I thing that he's ever I think it's the only seen. thing that you have self-esteem. I mean, it's the only thing you'll brag about. <laughs> well, because that's dick. Big Dick Gessner. <laughs> it's public record. But that's not really something you would challenge. No, why uh, not? Is the is the purpose of the challenge for us to just sort of have a good time and learn together, or is, am I trying to beat him? Because like I could beat him at like that. you're trying to beat him this, like hockey trivia. You want to get you know I could like you know there's things that he doesn't care about that I'm right. good at. I don't know what we both care I'm about. I'm amazing at hockey trivia. Well, well, you, ask me any question. Don't about you want to get in on on his uh, massive TMZ game? He's got going on here. Listen, he's got TMZ following him around. Chris Asking has been doing, what the next thing He's is. been doing his research. I like it. I appreciate it, Chris. I, I mean, not that he had to look too hard. It is after well all, all over the internet. That's true. What can I say? What can I say? Meanwhile, who is this Chris you keep talking about? Yeah. Speaking such, of research. Such cheekbones. McCarthy. Yeah. What's your first name? Sean. Fuck, Chris McCarthy is MTV2's pregnant president. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize to both of you. Sorry. Well, I do have the authority of someone. I got who the could last hire. name right. I got the last name right. Okay, I know. I don't have. I apologize. I do, Jesus. I do. I do walk with an air of authority. Of rule. And I could get you fired. Uh, it depends how he cuts this together. We've said enough words that he could make a whole new. That's podcast. A, maybe that's a possibility. It's possible. You need a studio before you could get me fired. When you have your own studio, okay. then maybe it could happen. Well, I do have a studio. Where is the studio? It's on Avenue B. But we had to reschedule this yeah. because I of your about that. schedule. I apologize about that. So we're meeting here for the good of 
the threesome. Where on Avenue B? To answer your question. Yes. What would you I'm mark? Right mark Kistner. I have no still interest here. at all. Yeah, still here, guys. Over here, guys. Uh, I have no interest at all in a TMZ life. None. Mm. I have children now, and that has definitely changed things. Adorable. I don't, they are adorable. Adorable. They look not enough. his kids, but they're adorable. <laughs> they look no enough way. like my wife that I have hope for them. So you um, would not get involved in no. the challenge arena. But he and I, he and I have different approaches and, and, and very different jobs. We Mark intersect is a on. Great, he's a very humble, amazing hockey player. By far the best hockey player on set. Excellent, excellent hockey. Well, player. Mark, you actually played hockey. I did in play school. hockey at yeah. a high level, not like some bullshit. He played like where were you from again? Vermont or yes, something like that. Exactly where they care right. about that kind of. Like I right. went to public school in New York. We don't have a hockey team, but no. where he's from, that's part of the culture. It's the basketball you know? of Vermont. Think of it. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right, so um, the Catamounts have been good. They have been very good. Yeah, in, in we grew up watching them, and in hockey too, for yeah. that matter. So yeah, I grew up. I played hockey um, all through high school and a little bit in college. Did you ever imagine that you would get a job based on your here's the thing about age hockey skills, or did you, or did you think it was more likely that you would play professional? Hockey? No, I. You, if you are an honest human being and you play hockey at any kind of a high level, you can tell very early who's going to be in. You know, a possible NHL player, and who's mm -hmm. not? And I never even came close. I don't belong on the same ice as those guys. They're so much better than I am. Like, and if you like, and the difference between like a Division One, a solid Division One college player, and mm -hmm. an a NHL player, it can be miles. You know? That being said, I'll score a goal in the best goal in the league easily. <laughs> Man, oh God, I would love. Listen that. up, TMZ. I would love that. Listen up. <laughs> yeah, I love. I'll ride Andrew's TMZ coattails to a shootout with uh, Henrik Lundqvist any day. Easy. Oh, God, I'll get amazing. a goal on Lundqvist with five tries. <laughs> five tries. Top <laughs> corner, half biscuit. What is it called? What is that? <laughs> top shelf biscuit top, gravy. Top. What is it called? That's all. That's what it is. It's no, top what is shelf it biscuit gravy. Top, what is it saying? Top shelf. Half cheddar biscuit. There's a cheddar thing. Half cheddar. Oh, to, oh top cheese. Top, top cheese. Cheddar. Yeah, half that's for, shelf. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Top it's cheese, half shelf. Sounds, Sounds like a infection. Yeah, or like a bar that I'd go to that had like a Viking theme. Is that different from the cheddar in baseball? I guess. I mean, cheddar in baseball indicates a good fastball, right? right. Having the high cheese. I don't yeah, know. the high cheese. It's. I don't know. But also for a slap shot. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, we can we can make it happen. I have no clue about hockey. I went to my first two hockey games recently. Really? Never been. Never played before in my entire life. My father wouldn't let me. So, so when this opportunity came up, I lied. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm eating the Earth Bowl. So with a chicken add-on. With chicken add-on. It's a free-range chicken add-on. I lied. So did Chris. We both lied about our hockey skills. I didn't. To get on, get into the show. Now, it was unbeknownst to us that we were supposed to be bad. <laughs> so we were making these things up. They're like, "Can you play hockey?" I was like, "Yeah." And I, I had an ex-girlfriend at the time that was from Canada. So I was like, I, "You know, I had to get good." So our parents respected me. I built a really elaborate backstory, and then uh, they just were. They just said, "Hey." Uh, you're supposed to be horrible. And I'm like, okay, good. Oh, thank God. To you guys thank God I'm just going to lay down for a minute. I'm so relieved. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> we went to, like, hockey training. Godfrey, the comedian, came. Yeah, I saw it. horrendous at skating. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. He, he had a tough time. He looks athletic. His build? Yeah. Not at all. I mean, it is astonishing He's how He's shredded, he dude. Was. That guy is jacked. Incredible shape. Like, incredible, incredible body. But the muscles don't work like they look. Well, they don't work like that for hockey. I mean, I wouldn't. I bet I'd put him on a football field or a baseball field. I bet he'd I think he does martial arts. Oh, there you I, go. I think he's good at martial arts, like um, like jujitsu or something. It's a Chinese one. I don't know which one it is. Did Did Jim Norton ever get on the ice, or did he just put on the equipment? No, no, no just the equipment. He looked great in the equipment yeah, too. He, dude. Did. he was He was great. He, he was so funny. He was a fun fun guy to hang out with. Yeah, it was. Did he look better in the hockey equipment or in the coffin? 
Well, coffin. The coffin, because they had more time to work on his makeup. Actually, he looked best in the picture next to the Yes, coffin. he totally did. Did you did. see that picture? I did. It's Fat Jim. Yes. And it is astonishing. It's like, amazing. It's crazy. You can see, it looks like he has the makeup from Gigi Does It on him. Do you know that show? <laughs> yeah, that's also an IMC. It's, great yeah, it's, IMC it's the one that follows us, which yeah. you should watch every Thursday, that's 1030. That's David Kremholtz and yeah, a lot of hilarious. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I mean, Jim has lost a lot of weight over the last five, ten years. Yeah. Yeah. So what what sports did you play? Any sports? Basketball. And I boxed. College I boxed, but it, uh, my, growing up it was just basketball. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to play hockey. There was um, high school, uh, an elementary friend of mine played co- hockey, Kwamina Panford, and I asked my dad if I could play hockey too, and my dad said no, and he said it because um, he wanted me to have friends, and he thought like going to public school in the city, I wouldn't, you know, I had this like. I just wouldn't be able to meet people and like hang out mm-hmm. and play basketball and him growing up that's how he met people and it was for me it was actually a much better skill because anywhere I went you know in the world like I, I lived in Spain for a little bit all my friends just happened to be these guys that played pickup basketball in right. California the guys I'm still close with or the guys that play ball so it was this cool way to you don't need a lot of equipment to play basketball exactly yeah. you just need a pair of shoes hockey's expe- hockey Hockey's might be more so expensive, expensive than football I mean, it has to be because at least I, I get the sense that First of all, ice time is a fortune. Yeah. And you got to travel almost always unless you live next door to a ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and kids grow out of that stuff so fast, that equipment. Yeah, the pads. So quick. And it's all so expensive. Would you let your kids pl- uh, play hockey? Um, yeah, yeah, I would. Really? Because uh, it's football? what I grew up doing. No, no football. Re- so you think hockey's not as dangerous as football? Particularly at a youth level, I would agree, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. you're not supposed to hit, right? When you play, it's in only hockey? in the no. majors that you hit. Well, you you hit starting when you're about 12 or 13. Oh, you can hit. But okay. when you're a little kid, you don't. But anyway, you don't even, you don't even really think about it when you're 8 or 9. Playing what hockey. hitting? Yeah. No, I yeah. never Whereas, thought I was going to be on a hockey show. It's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like I made up a, a, the perfect job, and now I get to do it. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Well, you said you, said you could pick up early on, though, when... You weren't going to be a professional hockey player. Yeah, no, I never had a chance. Stop but, it! But how? But how far did you take it? Um, I played all the way up and uh, tried out for a Connecticut college hockey team when mm-hmm. I got there, um, and didn't make it because even Division three. I mean, I played. I practiced with the guys a lot, and I stuck around. I hung around the team because they were my friends. But even those guys were head and shoulders above me. And I was a state champion in Vermont. So it's like college hockey is a massive jump, even in Division Three. Divi- a lot of Division Three guys could play Division One; they just don't have the scholarships in Division Three. That's the only difference. So when that happened in college, were you already interested in acting at that point? So that's a good question. When I was a little kid, I wanted to be an actor. I want from the time I was tiny. But then when I got a little older, um, people brought attention to the practicality of that idea. And I w- always had a talent for languages. So when I when I was in high school, we uh, we studied Japanese, and I visited Japan a couple times, and uh, thought that that was going to be what I did for a living—something to do with Japan, diplomacy, or international business, or something like that. And it wasn't until I got to college that I was like miserable studying Japanese, which I'd always loved doing in high school, and I'd loved traveling there. But I was just uh, super unhappy. I was in an acapella group. I played club sports. I everything outside of you were in an acapella group, really and you were unhappy. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> But at least I had a way to get rid of it. Uh, That's supposed hap- to be all just happiness. pure joy. <laughs> well, often it is. You know, when, when the lights go up, it's the, pure the joy. The harmony of the voice. It what was is that great. movie? Pitch, Pitch Perfect. Perfect, yeah. Which, by the way, Pitch Perfect is up there with a lot of, like, guns and crazy movies that mm-hmm. if it's on, I have to watch it. 
I will tell you right now that if Pitch Perfect comes on, I, I won't use this until it's done. I love that movie. Have you talked to your agent about Pitch Perfect 3? I, it's, it's, right now it's just in the dream phase for me. <laughs> I gotta figure out how to sell it to my agent. Are you more of a tenor or a bass? Uh, well, I used to be able to do tenor stuff. Now it's mostly bass and, and such. Yeah. yeah. The real heartbeat of the, of the acapella group, you know? I'm learning more and more about you, Mark. Yeah, man. And it's more and more disappointing. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. He, since we met, he's right. it's just been a series of disappointments. Had, had you ever been on a show that wasn't just a comedy, but also a comedian-heavy comedy? Because you got Andrew and Chris, but then all, all a lot of the guest stars all are stand up. Yeah. yeah. So this was an interesting deal for me. The answer is no. I never had. In fact, most of my reel is drama stuff because that's mostly what shoots in New York. But mm -hmm. I always wanted to, or well, what used to shoot in New York. Now it's starting to be everything, which is great. But I wanted to, uh, I wanted to be on a uh, comedic show, and I will confess that before I met these guys, because I met them as part, I didn't know them before we shot together. Mm -hmm. I was concerned. I'd never worked with people that identified primarily as stands. I've never worked with anybody uh, on, in a scripted environment like that. And I was worried that, because stand-up is a pretty solitary business, both the creation of it right. and the performance of it. And I was worried that they weren't going to be collaborative, that it was going to be real kind of like one-uppy and, and right. argumentative. No, not at all. They yeah. showed, no, I swear. I was delighted, man, because when I showed up, and I, even just at the table read, I was like, oh, okay. These guys are letting jokes breathe, even if it's not their own joke, and like all this stuff. And right. I was like, it's, "This is gonna be great." And then once we started, it was just an absolute blast. We weren't horrible. No, you weren't <laughs> horrible. Watch was, the show. How great nervous. are you guys? I was nervous. I was gonna be. I was just gonna be horrible. No. You well, had you ever done any scripted acting? Before? I did a pilot. Didn't mm -hmm. get picked up. I did a film. Uh, I don't think it ever came out. Uh, and these are like small roles in both. And then. I do this, and then this is. You know, but you've done a lot of stuff for MTV and MTV. I did too. acting, but like like sketch, but even in or sketch, you're not, yeah, I did hosting shit, but it's not like sort of comments on itself as opposed yeah, to yeah, you know, or like I'm just being me. And mm -hmm. this, I actually am acting, and this like I'm playing this guy who's different than me, and like you got to think like how they would be funny. That was that was I think the biggest, the toughest thing is that you know like I I'm, I'll, I'm, I'll attack, you know, right. like I, I feel like that's my. Mm -hmm. Mindset, you know, it's like okay, this this. Well, how do we make this funny? All right, I'm gonna clown that person. Right. I'm gonna clown this one. But my character is way more self-deprecating and way more. Uh, your character is one of the more grounded people in the show. The so, wife and yeah. trying to. I got these guys are crazy. Yeah. I got yeah, to hear the responsible. Yeah. I'm the one. normal for for once. I'm this normal person. So <laughs> yeah. so and it's like and it's figuring out. Okay, he his he has the funny line here. Mm -hmm. I don't want to come over his line. I want to react to his line so it gets the most for him because that's the joke. Where instead of you know if it's us with an audience, the audience member says something funny, I got to react to that, even funnier, right. or else they're going to lose respect for me. Like whose right. show is running this? So it's it's finding how to set you know Chris up or set you know Dicky, which is his character, right. Mark up, you know, or uh, or even Rui. You know, he wasn't really funny, but uh, <laughs> such <laughs> a Rui. Burn. Shout out to Rui. I love you, Rui. Uh, I love Rui. But uh, hot sauce. But that was that was it was it was challenging, man. It, it was something I was in my head about too. You know, I was like. You know, as a comic, you want to be funny, and I was right. like, "How can I? How can I make this line funny? And how can I?" Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It when was, you it was, were weird. when you were starting out in comedy, is this what you envisioned? No clue. I mean, comedy. My only the only reason I wanted to get on TV first was to do stand up. Like I saw all the best week ever guys getting up everywhere, and I was like, "Oh, they're on TV. Probably behooves the club to put people on stage that are on TV. Right. I need to get on a weekly show." And then Guy Code came out, and that was. You know, so you you're on TV because you wanted 
to be on stage. Yeah, yeah, I'm just stealing That's drops. <laughs> I'm awesome. like literally, <laughs> I, I, I had no interest in doing anything but being on stage. And it was like, well, how the fuck do I get on? You, you know? just, you needed the credits. I needed credits. I needed some leverage. I needed right. to be able to tell a club, hey, you know, yeah, I can kill and this guy can kill, but I know he's been on HBO and I haven't. So right. I, I understood from like a business standpoint, it made sense for them to put that HBO right. guy on. So I'm like, how do I get You gotta be the HBO something? guy. Yeah, how do I get yeah, something? Yeah. So I did that and then, after being on and like seeing what it takes to make TV and like seeing like comics I really respect take their perspectives and like turn it into TV and mm -hmm. turn it into you know even sketch or you know internet based stuff like it changed maybe what I want to do, but initially it was the only reason was how do I get how do I get on stage more how do I get on the road how I do I that. you know I was just slightly different because I came up through the UCB back in the day and I wanted to get on. Uh, house team there so that I could eventually hopefully get on TV hopefully get to be right. do SNL or mm -hmm. something like that <coughs> you can't make a living doing UCB no right no I mean th that's the business model too is that everybody is keep, they keep the prices super low because they don't pay uh, because like that's how they've got it figured out and everybody's glad to do it you know for the most part I think right. um, but my you know my wife is pregnant out to here and I'm still doing shows at like under St. Mark's where people are drinking 40s until 2 a.m. She's like, hey, we have a newborn. Can you come home, please? <laughs> so, and then I thought that was it. I thought I was, I lost my chance. You know, I thought I had no shot because now I had this baby that was depending on me and I was like, I don't know what the That's hell I'm gonna do. That's crazy to me. Yeah, it was bonkers. That's I was 27, crazy to me. 27 years old, like a new dad. I was and like, you, oh. Were you, were you making a living from comedy? Not even close. God, no, I was paying to take classes and to whatever. I was working at a bar. Was that, what was your last day job? Was it My last day job? Um, was at Craft Bar, Craft Bar, Tom Clicchio yeah. restaurant on 20th and Broadway, which I vowed would be my final job before I paid my way completely with doing this, and it was. And July 25th of every year, I go wherever I am, I go to whatever bar is nearby, and I buy the best whiskey they have, and I drink it, and I leave, because that was the last day that I ever wore an apron. It's the last day I poured a drink for anybody other than my wife or myself. He doesn't leave. This guy is a horrendous drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that sincerely. Every day is July 25th. Don't Every day is July 25th. I didn't say it's the only day of the year I, I drink. I just said know, it's the last this guy day I wore an apron. a horrendous drunk, and it's it's something where it's gonna if if our show ever gets fucked up, it's gonna be because of oh, the drink. Oh, that is nuts. We well, went to go see James Dolan's band. James mm -hmm. Dolan obviously owns the you know Knicks, Rangers, right. MSG. He owns uh, Cablevision, which owns AMC and right. IFC, and went to go see their, their band. Their band is really good. Not gonna lie. We were all thinking, like, okay, what's this going to be? Mm. Not bad at all. Like, no. There was a song that... that Dude, I've been... Got to find a church and Ballyhoo. Better find a church. I've been humming since uh, we I didn't, went I, there. Maybe Better I missed, find a church. I don't know. Ballyhoo, I, I was awesome. into. But, you know... You're not. You don't know what it's going to be like. But it's crazy. Who's there? Like Harvey Weinstein sitting yeah, behind us. Yeah, he's two Les tables Moon away. It's, it's like when you think. I grew up in New York City, right? And like my parents were, you know, middle class. But I had friends that went to private school that were like, like rich. And stuff. Right. Oh, that's what rich is. Yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> that's what rich is. Like yeah. billionaire type motherfuckers in the room. So it was he's really shit fun. Faced by oh, the time please. I get there, I sit down. James Dolan, the, the room is not that much bigger. It's the cutting room. Have you seen a show yeah. in the cutting room? Tiny. It's not that big, and we're like in the second row, and I sit down, and he just goes, in the middle of the song, he just goes, 
Andrew Schultz! <laughs> I don't remember that. I yeah, don't of think course it, you don't remember I don't think that. that happened at all. What the fuck are you doing? Because <laughs> all he remembers is Andrew Schultz. Because I was delighted he was there. Yelling it. I was happy he was there. James Dolan doesn't need to know my name like that. He, <laughs> if he doesn't already know your name now, he knows it. You're welcome, oh, and thanks. we don't even for have interrupting to talk about it anyway. So he doesn't. It's fine. Everything's fine. So, Mark, you said July 25th. Yep. What happened that day? Well, it wasn't that day because I gave the place a month's notice. Okay. Because I love them and I. So what whatever. was the what was the turning point? So that's uh, was a huge deal in my life and in my marriage, I would say, because I had at that point I was having some very good success uh, on commercials, mm -hmm. and I had that, at that point I had five commercials running at the same time. So, National commercials. Yeah. You know Red Lobster. He's really? the Red Lobster guy. I'm the, yeah. I have some, I'm very blessed. Do it, do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed. What do you mean you're not allowed? Because, because they guard their content very carefully. So you can't say, can you tell me the line and I'll say it? Absolutely, absolutely not. We can fix it in post. Yeah, dude. But, so I had five commercials running at the same time. They were all national and I was making enough money just from the commercials that I, we would be okay if I could sustain that. So I went to my wife and I was like, I, I'm so tired of waiting tables and I'm so tired of attending bar. I just want to stop. I just want to try and see if I can support us acting. I know that's like a scary thought. My wife is very kind of like she plans everything and everything's sort of alphabetized and you know listed out and everything. And I'm just like, I don't know. Let's see. I bet if we're positive, I bet it'll work out. Like that's my thing. And she's Insane. like, great. Let me just write it down and make sure so you don't forget. So I told her I was like, I just want to stop. Is that something you think you could be okay with? And her only question, she said yes. The only thing I ask is if it, if we run out of money, mm -hmm. <laughs> are you willing to go back? And I was like, of course. Like I have to support my family. Right. Um, and she said, then yeah, let's try it. So I gave him, I gave him the notice, and I've never looked back. But this is crazy because most people do this before they have children. Yeah. You know, and, right. I, and to me, that's what was so shocking about the story. It was, you know, like. I don't mind being broke. You know, I, I don't mind having some fucked up shit happen to me. But, like, to take that risk when you have kids is ballsy, man. I know a lot of people that want to be comedians, but they can't let go of being a day job. Or they can't, right. you know, a lot of us have friends that do that. Oh, I'm going to finish my, you know, X amount of years at this and then start it. But, like, to do that, you know, when you have kids is, like, man, ballsy, dude. Well, A lot of credit. I uh, married very well. My wife is... Uh, on it and mm -hmm. she takes a buck and makes it go as far as a buck 25 should go and like so she's always been very good with our money and she's always been very careful and she's an incredible mom and she keeps an unbelievable house so literally I am free to just wander into an audition room like super good. All he does good. is smoke cigars and does dub smash. <laughs> such That's a happy life. Nothing I have else. so I've much never fun. seen him talk to a kid or discipline a kid. He brought his wife and his kids to this Rangers event and they looked at him like he was a stranger. Like they don't really know who he <laughs> Right, because I'm never home. No, you are this always home. My, You're always yeah, home yeah. doing dub smashes yeah. and smoking cigars. I have a backyard. I gotta sit in it. Andrew, what were you doing for work when you first started doing comedy? Oh uh, god, I was managing a restaurant. I was managing a restaurant in Brooklyn. Biscuit okay. Barbecue. And, uh, yeah. Oh, God. The second restaurant I But you, you were managing it all. You I was managing it, yeah. I've been working in restaurants since I was a kid. That is a tough job. 14 dude. years old. Uh, you know managing what? restaurants. Is it's brutal. just babysitting people who don't want to be there. Yeah. Nobody gets. It's like a like, prison guard. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly what it is. Because 
the people that work at a restaurant, their mm. dream is to be, you know, uh, I don't know, an author or like a, an actor or a musician or something like that. It's that's not the job they want to be doing, right? So they mm. have zero. Unless they're there because they want to learn how to open their own place. Fair. And that's like one Fucking in ten. Rare. Yes. Rare. Very. Uh, you know, yeah. Usually people. It's usually it, a transitional job. Hopefully. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like it was just horrible, and uh, I was doing stand up. I had done stand up for like a month in California where I went to college, and that. I, uh, I thought it was really great and I was managing a restaurant out there while I was going to school and they had a comedy night randomly mm-hmm. they just asked me if I wanted to try it I, you know, I was always really interested in stand-up and I gave it a try and uh, where was it in LA or outside uh, UC Santa Barbara Santa okay Barbara, yeah so it was in Santa Barbara and then um, I came back and I you know started doing that. I was barking for PJ Landers you remember yeah, yeah. The, the comedy village that yeah. was on third which and used to be in Boston which used to be in Boston yeah so you've been in the game a while yeah because uh, when I came I remember going to the Boston as a kid but by the time I came back, it was the comedy village. Right. And um, I was just doing that. I was living with my parents. You know, I was, like, just trying to save up all my money to open up a bar with a buddy of mine. And then uh, I saved up, like, $25,000. And uh, and I was like, fuck it. I'll just spend all this in, in, on comedy. And then hopefully by the time <laughs> I'm done with the money, I'll be making money at comedy. Do <coughs> so you know like, how much more miserable you'd be if you'd opened that bar? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Dude. Absolutely. I mean, of course, but it's just, it was just crazy. It was, it was, and I, and I got within, uh, I remember Case Rosso, who's a comic that I came up with. I remember he rented out my room one month. I was down to zero and he rented out my room one month for a thousand dollars. And after that, I got a college for like, you know, $1,500 mm-hmm. and then something for a thousand, yeah. like this random little thing. And then I got like an episode of guy code and I was on an episode basis and like, Little things start to. How, how did you get your out. foot in the door at MTV? I, they saw a clip of me. They saw a clip of me, and I don't know who recommended the clip. It was from a uh, sex tape. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was from a sex up. tape. <laughs> it was uh, Jurassic Pork, it was called. It was, uh, <laughs> no, they just he was, saw a clip. He was a dinosaur. He was in a dinosaur crazy. suit. And they just asked me to come in, and and uh, I pitched them another show, and I just kind of. Lauren Zins was the exec there. Mm-hmm. And I pitched her like a different show that she thought was interesting, and then. Uh, and then I just kind of told her my spiel at the time, and and um, Geico came around for MTV too, and she just offered it to me. And I remember I, I did an audition for that, and I think the thing that they liked, I said something about uh, they like asked me about pet peeves, and I was like, I don't like it when people put like hearts in my foam. <laughs> like, don't like express yourself. Right. Of all home. things you know to be annoyed I mean? about, yeah. Yeah. and it was like I don't want art on the top yeah, of like I don't coffee. want it. Like just paint your shit and then give mm-hmm. me my coffee. Like you know, and uh, and I don't know. And that happened, and that was just that was so cool. And I was just grinding at the lantern. I was doing you know barking people in for years at the lantern and trying to you know find different ways to do stand up and hopefully make a couple bucks. And and then it just kind of worked out but I had always had this safety nest because my parents live in the city I grew up on in the East Village okay so I lived with my parents and then my parents had a rental unit and I rented mm-hmm. my that out and I rented it out to some buddies so I was paying only a few hundred dollars in rent even now I rent out like a wing of my parent my parents had a dance studio they, mm-hmm. they taught partner dancing so I rent out a wing of my parents home I guess it's on the second floor so I have to walk through their living room and then I'm in my apartment I have a kitchen. I have all this stuff. I have a beautiful that's like awesome. one bedroom, but mm-hmm. I'm still with because there's this little part of me that's like save up all the money. Yeah. <laughs> you nice. gotta do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't have that thing Mark also, has, which is like yeah. fuck it. <laughs> I've, been, I've been in New York City since the summer of 2007, and there's all sorts of p- 
people use like time parameters to say when you can say you're a New Yorker. Uh-huh. But I really think it's more like once you have that innate sense of knowing how to hold on to a good deal on where you're <laughs> oh, living. Oh, yeah. On no where you're how living. How much you hate it. Like I can tell when I visit a friend and I see their apartment, I go, oh, this this guy's a New Yorker. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. how does he get this place? Exactly. It's 1100 a month? Yeah. You live in Jesus. the Empire State Building? Yeah, that's <laughs> my, amazing. The top three floors? <laughs> that's incredible. My, my producer's apartment, he built a studio in his apartment, and it's... This is the one on B. Yeah. Where does he live? You can't say. Uh, the Rabbit fans will he lives, he lives. He lives at the same place as the Red Lobster oh, Corporation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Very, gotcha. very gotcha. under We can't talk gotcha. about it. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Non-disclosure. But he has enough space to have a studio. Yeah. Wow. It's it's one of those apartments where it feels like the... F- does he have the floor? Like, does it's he like, have the floor? That makes you feel like, oh, it's like... Friends is real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they so really do have a part. like they have to bunk up. This Woody is... Allen wasn't making this up. Yeah. This is you how can live like live. this. Yeah. It's so funny, too, because like, if you're not from New York, I grew up in Vermont, and it, the idea of asking someone how much they paid in rent or for their mortgage, I guess mortgages are a little different, but when it comes right. to rent, I feel like there's absolutely no barrier at all in New York, and that was something that I, I had to get used to. People would just like wander in your apartment and be like, how much you pay for this? Right. And you're like, Jesus, man. Six, oh, six, that's sixteen hundred. But oh, Jesus, shit! I didn't even think that that could be something offensive. Well, it's not even, but it's it was it was jarring more than offensive. I was like, my good, that's quite a question. Oh my good heavens! Because we if I asked one of my friends from back home, what are you paying rent? They'd yeah, be like, none of your business. Right. Yeah, yeah, mind my pockets. Yeah. But if you live in a place like New York or San Francisco, Completely. I guess it would be another place like that where San Francisco is brutal. Where too. you need a funny to premise. I've never heard anybody do that. That's you can have funny. it. It's well, yours. Great, right? Just, it's uh, it is it is weird. How how long, how long you been living here? Since 2007, so eight and a half okay, years. Okay, so you've lived eight and a half years. So it is a weird thing. And you came from where? I was Boston, but I've also lived in Seattle and Phoenix. Okay, so you have, you've lived in big cities before, yeah. too. So, But it is a weird thing that's kind of, And I don't know Boston's rent. Uh, oh, it's high. It's it high, high, but... New York kind of high? Kind of. I, uh, I had the first floor of a townhouse that was uh, 1900. Where? It had huge seal in the south end. Oh. But it had huge ceilings and a back porch. And but you put that on Newberry Street, and it's the same as any Park Avenue. So when I moved there. to New York, it wasn't so much sticker shock. But Seattle is expensive too. Is, is it now? Yeah. It wasn't when I lived there. Oh, it is now. Phoenix is affordable now. It's crazy, Phoenix. You can buy homes in the Arizona like that. Scottsdale. Well, Scottsdale's mm-hmm. expensive, yeah. but I was just out there in like Tempe. I mean, yeah. you got to live in one of these like suburb, like cookie right. cutter kind of things, but like couple hundred thousand dollars and you have like a nice home Jeez. in seattle in the 90s, not the case here no. let me tell you in seattle in the 90s two friends and i rented a house and we paid a total of 1500 for a house for a house with a front yard a backyard Dude. a garage Jeez, a garden we were this weird time this is like full this house is three floors new york shit that ever happened okay so me and my buddy were at some fucking coffee shop i forget maybe it was in starbucks and um we're overhearing this 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 girl talk about a fight she got with her boyfriend and she goes and he goes <coughs> she goes that was a piece of shit and then he pushed me down the stairs right and she said that and me and my buddy instead of going oh my god like she got pushed down the stairs we're like you have fucking stuff. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fucking inside the apartment. You're gonna leave this guy? Like, like it's a duplex. Are you out of your mind? Like, did I have his number? <laughs> Holy shit! Bro, like it, that's just how it's, real estate is. Maybe nuts everybody here. has a lot of money in New York, but we spend it all on real estate, so we're right. just as broke as yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. Maybe less disposable income than other parts of the country. Uh, 
your show reminds me a little bit tonally of the league. Mm-hmm. We've heard that, yes. Because it's the camaraderie of guys. It's it's based on sports, but there's very little. You don't yeah. have to. You don't have to be able to skate that Absolutely. well. Absolutely. There might be a one scene here or there yeah. where Which, you're actually on the ice, but and you met you you came up through UCB, so I wonder, like the league is very built on improv. Yeah. They're all UCB guys. Yeah. Uh, this is the more scripted. Yeah, very. Was it? Yeah, which is which was great. Although I will say the directors and um, Jim Serpico and Tom mm-hmm. Sleddy, the creators, were very open to seeing where things could go mm-hmm. as long as we had a clean one and. Yeah, whatever. it was. Here's the thing I, that I noticed, and and I haven't done. You know, you've done way more acting. Yeah. So maybe it's different, but like we were on such a tight time schedule, like we had to do eight episodes in. In one month, just over four weeks. Yeah, yeah. that was bonkers. So we're doing double pace of right. like a league episode or something like that. So that's like a Tyler Perry pace. Yeah. Is that the is Tyler Perry shows that do two a week? He's yeah. known. For okay, so I, I had no clue. But what happens in that situation is you have less time to just kind of fuck around. It's like, you know, let's let's get yeah. this out. Let's get right. a take, and you might want to do a take. I know I know Chris, who's a brilliant improviser. They gave him a little bit more freedom as it kind of went along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really where he shines. Like, and even in the beginning of scenes, they'd be like, "All right, start off to get like a running start, and then go into the dialogue." But um, as far as getting shit out towards yeah. the end of the day, yeah, it's not yeah, like yeah. give it a wing, guys. It's That's fucking. True. But is that how it is on when you've done other shows? When you did other, um, we the thing that I would say about the other TV that I've done is that uh, it was they they had more time. They just had more time. Yeah. So, <coughs> excuse me, they, they could, uh, and not that they didn't move quickly or work hard, they mm-hmm. did, but it was, there was le- the time was less of a factor, just frankly, because they have a massive budget, and yeah. a lot, and, and IFC is a lean and mean operation. Now, they treated us like gold. Mm-hmm. I got no problems with IFC, but they didn't, they didn't have, they had this much time, they had this much pages, and yep. it's like, let's go get it done. Okay. The cool thing was that Jim and Tom and uh, some other folks too wrote great scripts. Like they were really funny. Right. Yeah, Frank Sebastiano, I think his name was, is one, another guy who wrote some of the scripts. And, and those guys uh, themselves are all hockey buddies. Yeah, Saletti's Saletti plays, and Saletti's kind of loosely who Paul, the character I play, is based on. Okay. So and and it's funny. A lot of these stories are real. Yeah. Like yeah. one of the knocks we got from some article, I don't know. Which this is realistic. Because the problem like, with the show though. is it's not realistic. You know, we like the other things, and mm. it's like, no, actually, that's the only thing <laughs> that, yeah. that we got going. Like, yeah. no. also, if you want realism, maybe don't watch a show about four dudes that play beer league hockey. <laughs> it's a comedy. It's supposed to make you smile, not make you go. That's precisely what real things yeah. happen in real life too. One smile, of the one of the signs it. of success for the league was getting. Pro football players. Have you seen signs yet of like vendors getting? We the NHL seems like they are beginning to uh, take a little bit of notice of our little show, mm-hmm. which is awesome. They're playing it on jumbotrons and, and that kind of stuff. The clips. I know and they've invited you to games. Yeah, we have gotten to see hockey Chris from some said the funniest am- thing. <laughs> amazing seats. Chris, said, yeah, yeah, stupid seats. Like, but Chris said the funniest thing when we're at the game. They showed us, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it was after the opponent scored a goal. <laughs> yeah. And Chris, <laughs> and Chris is like, I literally have never because I've been on the jumbotron five times. I've never been on after a goal of ours. It's only after the other team scores a goal, yeah. and everybody's fucking furious. Everybody's all glum <laughs> and staring at me. That is the worst time you want to be on. This yeah. is how few claps you could actually hear them. It's yeah. like it <laughs> 
<laughs> a smattering of class. And I noticed your schedule is your stand-up touring schedule seems like it's more based on NHL cities. Dude, now. I wish that I wish that they had it in in Canada. I was just in in Winnipeg. That's what I was saying. Oh and, yeah. And uh, I wish that they had the show up there, but they don't. I guess they haven't bought the syndication rights. Oh, okay. You know, Canada's like... Oh, I totally thought that was going to happen. Yeah, we think it's another state, but it's just... <laughs> it's like they have their own... You know, they could sell yeah, to sometimes, whatever. Yeah, sometimes even like HBO is different in Canada. Yeah. Than yeah, or like a show like Walking Dead might not be on AMC. It might be on like their... Their eight, CBS, right. or, you know, something like that. Right, yeah. but on the flip side, they do have uh, access to healthcare, So they do have okay. some good things that are they nice. They love that. They, they love, love that. the health care. Uh, when it gets to the point of uh, like all star celebrity hockey games, are you guys ready for yes, that? I would do that. In a, that would I would <laughs> burst Mark's into department. flames like the baby on the Incredibles. I'd be so excited. <laughs> I'd just bomb around, man. Yeah, but uh, would Mr. you would you end up wanting to be on the same team as Dennis Leary or on the other team? I want to give Dennis Leary a hug that lasts a minute and a half, <laughs> and when he starts to struggle, I want to hold him mm-hmm. until he gives up, and then I just want to keep hugging him for what he has offered us the chance to do. This is, I remember the first time that I saw anything about this this show, I was in L.A. They knew about it before. Yeah. Oh, I was stoked. I saw it on Twitter when, when Deadline tweeted out that, mm-hmm. this, that, this had been, uh, that this had been picked up, and I was like, I must be on. It's like, like uh, Garth in Wayne's World, mm-hmm. like, oh, yes, so we I had must a, be on. We had a weird situation with this show for like insiders who listen mm-hmm. to the podcast. Is usually they do a, a pilot. Right. for uh, a TV show, and then it gets picked up, and then they do episodes. For this, for whatever reason, IFC purchased the the first season without a pilot. Which never happened. That's why it was tweeted out before right. it was cast. Okay. It was it never happens. Like, yeah. the, you have to have a name that is so recognizable right. and so solid yeah. that they're willing to bank, before they've even seen a single show, to buy eight of them. That's the Dennis yeah. Leary effect right there. God bless that man. And the scripts were really funny too. It was like, I remember reading it, and that was the first thing that caught my eye. I was like, you know, oh, this is one. There's like a lot of curse words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you read all these like, uh, you know, network pilots, and you're like, ah, this is, yeah, I get it, but it, you know, like, I don't oh, talk, I don't you're talk a talk family, like and you have a zany aunt. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I don't say the word jerk. Yeah. It's not <laughs> really in my vocabulary. At least not I, as a noun. Yeah. It's right. never been said. <laughs> not as a noun. <laughs> as a verb. As I a might verb. Throw that out there. It's twice a day. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Oh. Oz said it's a good idea. <laughs> what, so, yeah. Uh, I always like to ask my my guests what the last uh, great advice they've received Oof. that somebody's given you, Gessner? or or that you read. And you're like, oh yeah, that's good. I need to incorporate this in my life. Can it come from uh, like a person, but someone else gave it to him? Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, Patrice O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Um, told very famous comic for anybody who's listening late great know. patrice late oh, great man. patrice he was funny um yeah just the best and, and I, my favorite uh told dante nero this and dante told me he's like um never ask an audience a question that you don't want to know the answer uh, to. Oh. and that shit really resonated with me you know because i like to have conversation with them and i and i would notice sometimes you just do it to get into the to the rhythm of it, right. you know, it's like if you don't want to know what they do, just set up the premise of a joke. You're asking the audience to yeah. get involved. But if you ask a, a question you're genuinely interested in, the other people, for whatever reason, can feel that you're interested, and then they're interested. Yeah. And, and then there's not this okay, where's your quick right. thing? It's okay, where's let's find out what happens. And once they really, you know, drop their defenses, 
now you're ready to really yeah. punch him up, so to say. So it was like a, and I'm sure Patrice gave Dante tons of these, you know, <laughs> jewels. <laughs> but it was one thing that I, I try to remember when I go on stage, you know, like one, have fun and like you know just have a good time because that's contagious. But also like if you ask them something, you just want to know it. Right. Don't bullshit them. D- you know, don't waste time. Yeah, and even if it's something like, where'd you get this? Hey, where'd you get this sweatshirt? Like. From a commercial set. Oh, see, now we're talking. Oh, what, what commercial? You do commercial. <laughs> yeah, Isn't no, that crazy it. how like right. something like that actually became yeah. interesting? You know. Most of the clothing that I own that fits me well, I got from commercial sets <laughs> <laughs> because then a professional person purchased it for oh. me, and it looks like you know I should have bought it myself. You're saying you don't get your sweaters from Drake's Hotline Bling? <laughs> it wouldn't look Is that, that good. Not- <laughs> well, I think a lot of I think a lot of comedians though fall into a trap of just asking generic questions that they don't care what the answer like. All right, how many people here have bought something on Craigslist? Yeah. And you don't really care what their answer is. No. You just want to set up your Craigslist What's junk. the weirdest and then thing you've bought on but Craigslist? But they might say junk. something and And now and you don't react you to it. Right. And, and then it's weird when, like, and they can sense it as an audience. They go, oh, I know he's not really caring about this. So now your defenses are super. It's like, what is the bit he's going to do? Yeah. Let's see how he's going to trick He's going to get me with it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if it's, you know, something simple? Like, uh, you know, do you, do, you, do you clip your nails? You got long nails. Sometimes. Do you clip them or sometimes you, clip you file them ever? You no, I don't file. Because you have a nice shape to you know. Okay. You do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what do you do? <laughs> Me, I, you get a you get a pedicure. I don't get a pedicure because that's for your feet. But uh, <laughs> 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 no, but I I used to bite them. I used to be like like a, a really nervous, anxious yeah. uh, uh, thing, and uh, and I somehow managed to stop. And then I'll use like a clipper. Mm-hmm. I'll use a, a clipper for it. But yeah, they're kind of kind of growing too. Nice. Thank you for asking. Uh, <laughs> what, what is your yeah, advice? What, what is your advice? advice? Great advice. This was actually Mark before, before I had any kind of career. There's a mm-hmm. there's an old school New York character actor named John Haynes Walker. John Walker who mm-hmm. now lives up um, with my parents in Vermont. Lives near my. Notice parents. even his fame favorite actor is also an alcoholic. Just putting that <laughs> right. Just putting that uh, out. Not the Johnny Walker. No, it not might the. Be. No, it well, might be. I don't who think knows? It, it Maybe a distant descendant. But he said uh, he gave me advice. He said be. Um, the kind of person that people can be around for 16 hours Mm -hmm. because Mm. that's how long we work and if you are a pain in the ass you may work once but you're not going to work again Mm. and this is a business that's built on relationships and built on people that are you know the people make the same decisions over and over again you want to be you want to make it pretty tough for them not to choose you and you can do that by showing up prepared and uh and enjoying yourself and, and being easy to be around. That's something that I have uh, strived yeah. to do. I got to be an extra on a couple of episodes of the Jim Gaffigan show. Oh, nice. Great. And that, your advice really resonated with me because I feel like that's kind of what happened with all the extras is, oh, you can find extras anywhere, so just pick the ones who are the easiest to get sure. along with and who aren't going to annoy you over Bingo. the course of a day of shooting. Sometimes it's that simple. And then they'll just keep calling those people back. And then all of a sudden you start to have what looks a little bit like a career. If you can get enough people calling you back just because they know you, that he's right. good, let's just get him. Yeah. You do that enough times over the course of a year, you're like, oh my God, that's another year I didn't have to work in a restaurant. It's another year I didn't have to worry about whether my kids were going to eat or if they could play indoor soccer or mm-hmm. whatever. Like whatever they wanted to do, I could say, yes, you can do that because enough times enough people hired me. Yeah, that's great. So when, uh, when somebody comes to you and they hear that you were – Part of the UCB system, yeah. and they want to know how do I, what do I do? I want to be the next UCB star. Yeah, what's the first thing you tell them? Uh, I would say go see improv, go see it, 
because a lot of the people that you'll see performing are going to be the people that you're going to learn from that are going to teach you that are going to be running these classes and if you see somebody that's just amazing on stage then maybe you can get in their class or just go there to make sure it's what you want to do because it's a big time commitment and it does it's not free and it shouldn't be free those people are really good so i would say go see it and then see if you fall in love with it and mm -hmm. if you are already in love with it then just get in any class because you can't really mix with what them. about getting into acting because sometimes people ask me that like how do you, oh you know, and i have again i had no clue i'd never even mm -hmm. acting was never even the goal so you know it would stand up i can at least tell some acting coach or some shit or like a casting director hey i got a show you want to come see me and yeah. you, you know maybe think i got something mm -hmm. and you can send me out or something how does somebody just be an actor <laughs> Yeah, because when it's done right, it looks like anyone could do it, right? I, I would say um, that, first of all, if you can imagine yourself being happy doing anything else, go do it. Because <laughs> this is no fucking hobby. <laughs> this is a real deal, big boy job that is difficult, and, and it's not an easy thing to do. There's people that are going to be better looking than you, that, are more, more, uh, that have more juice and are, are, are more talented, that are going to drop like flies around you because they just don't have whatever that fire is, that pilot light that burns in people that gotta do this, that can't, be, can't do anything else. So if you're one of those people, now the hard work starts, which is get ready to get told no all the time, get ready to uh, figure out a way to keep yourself from taking that personally, yeah. which is very difficult because George Clooney said it really well on Inside the Actor's Studio. He said that, you, uh, that you're in sales essentially, only the thing you're selling is your freaking like heart and soul and your dreams. Mm -hmm. So and when someone says no to that, like mm -hmm. how do you not take that personally? You have to figure it out. Two plus two does not <laughs> equal four. That's funny because sometimes you'll go in for a role and you'll be like, this is perfect yeah. for me. And then they'll be like, nope. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be like, nope, there is a 50-year-old Polynesian dude in your role because we went a different direction, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, and then I would say that uh, trying to network and be around the scene as much as you can is uh, – the best way to do it. Improv is another way into acting too if you're a comedic actor because a lot of agents and managers go to those shows mm -hmm. to scout talent. So if you can get on those stages, that's a good thing for you. Do you say any of those things to a new wannabe stand-up? You know, the only thing I say when people ask me, like, uh, you know, is, um, and I know, admit, I got this advice from fucking everybody because I would right. ask all the guys is, is get on stage. Yeah. And I say, in three years, we're going to have another combo and it's going to be more nuanced. Mm -hmm. But if there's one thing I can recommend is just get on stage mm -hmm. because right now you're in a stage where you're at a place where you're afraid to be on stage. You don't really understand what joke writing is. You don't even understand like what interacting with an audience is. So I can say, you know, focus on this and cut the fat of that. And, you know, like, but that doesn't mean anything if you're frightened. You know, like you can't teach a dog how to sit if it's shaking, nervous, yeah. and barking at everybody. <laughs> so it's like get to the point where your tail's just wagging, mm -hmm. and then, and then I and then I would say the next best thing is how are you funny around the people you're most comfortable with? You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. if I can get comfortable in front of people on stage, it, you know, it can be so much fun, man. It can be like I, but like we all have this defensiveness, you know. Sometimes I think the greats are the ones who just find this way to be vulnerable mm -hmm. in front of these complete strangers. You know, it's they 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 toe the line. They go, I'm I might look like an idiot mm -hmm. but if i can get you to embrace this part of me then it, it, it's magic yeah you know 
Would you say playing Jay Williams one-on-one -on -one was making yourself vulnerable? I would say it was maybe the least vulnerable thing that I, <laughs> that I did, my shit talk going into it. Uh, but uh, I can also play a, a so mean heel. I'm so glad you won. Oh, my God. I'm so oh glad you God, won. God, dude. It, it would have been horrible if I didn't. But, uh, but you know, there is something in playing the villain that, you know, I, I was never a big fan of wrestling growing up, but I can appreciate that kind of, mm -hmm. uh, I guess, swag that, you know, the villains have and, you know, how important they are and, uh, you know, just... I don't know. I, I don't know. There's there's a lot to there's a lot to this shit. Did I hit a lucky shot? Sure, but will I tell anybody else that? No. no. But I, mean, <laughs> but I mean, even the act of challenging. He kind of challenged me. I threw it out there. Mm -hmm. I I said I could score a couple points on you, and then he said he goes you couldn't score a point, and then he set up all these things. And after he calls me out, I mean I played a little ball. No I'm gonna choice. get a shot. This is the way I looked at. It. I played ball growing up, mm -hmm. you know, at, at a you know decently high level. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get a shot off, you know. And I think I'm lucky. You know, I'm the guy who, I don't play poker, I play craps. Mm. You know, I play roulette. Because I'm lucky. Like, I look at the roulette board and I go, I, I could guess. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I know this totally sounds crazy, but I swear to God, I'm like, I look at the roulette board and I look at all the numbers that have been and I'll just be like, 27. And, oh. just, and dude, I don't know why that is, but for whatever reason, I feel it. So, I, you know, I play roulette. Not a, not a bad talent to have. Mm -hmm. hey. And it comes in handy when you're in, in show business. Not bad. It's also an gambling and trying to take your shot when you get it. Oh, the illusion of control is 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 a big one for me, because like for that, take your shot when you get it, and you have to be okay with missing too, because like you're gonna miss almost all the time, so you have to, that has to be something you're okay with. Like I, two things I feel like I can control are how well I prepare for the opportunities that I'm given, mm -hmm. and whether or not I quit the business entirely. Those are the literally the, all I have control over. I'm not a producer. I'm not a writer. I don't run a studio. I can't decide if, if I were a casting director, I'd be right for everything. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? I'd be in everything. That's not how it works. So I have to be ready. And when the ball comes, I got to be able to hit it. Or when the shot's open, I got to be able to hit it. And that's the difference. And some some of that's luck, and some of it's showing up and being in the right place at the right time so many times that it becomes a statistical impossibility for you not to do what you want to do. I just want to clarify that uh, I wasn't entirely open. He was playing great defense, but I hit an amazing shot. I, did I just want to clarify I didn't that? Want to, I'm talking about incredible. if I played Oh, it. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, no. I see, you, I you see. You did go up through a screen. You know who I want An next. iron curtain. I want Ronda Rousey. I've heard that. I want Ronda Rousey. That is the Rousey. dumbest. I, I will put a $1,000 bet. <laughs> Here's the thing. I would never hit a girl. I would, I would never hit a girl. I, so I can't, I can't do that. We have to find some kind of way. Maybe she identifies as male for the fight. Just, 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 just for to the check fight, off that one she box identifies as male. She and then, would take you apart. Uh, okay, well, we'll see about that. She is, for, have you not watched her fight? She's little. She's 130 pounds. Dynamite comes in small packages, man. Yeah, but it's not dynamite. It's oh like my God. fairy dust. Rhonda, if I ever meet you, believe me, I have your back right now. You take them apart. Listen, it is what it is. That or Darrell Revis on the Jets. One yard line, four mm. downs. Just give me four downs on a one yard line with Darrell, quarterback of my choice. Let's go. Who's your quarterback? And Chad why? Chad Pennington. Because he throws the ball really soft and I have delicate hands. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, like, I like wait, that you like, had a very specific one choice. Line? One yard line? I don't know. One, one yard, yard line. line. Maybe half yard line. I, I could No, one yard line there. because I need, because I don't think, I'm never going to beat him on a long route. Mm -hmm. You know, his catch no. speed is too good. Right. But I might be able to like make some diving catch or something mm -hmm. like that if Chad places it right. But again, it can't be too hard. Because, you know, I'm looking at Because, you know, they are yeah. nice. I have basketball yeah. fingers. I don't have, like, right, football right. man Concert, building deck hands. Concert, basketball, pianist fingers. I have pianist fingers. <laughs>
<laughs> well, Andrew Schultz, Mark Gessner, thanks for sitting with me, and I'll have to I'll check back with you if uh, Rhonda or Dude, absolutely, you gotta you come. Up, takes you up on that. Come do the do the uh, what's it called the play by play. But to answer your question, yes, it was really fun to be on the show. Thank yes, you very and much. thank you for having us. That here. was the first question that you asked. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. Theme music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Things first.